Hey, amazing parents, how are you all doing today? So I thought I would uh, record our podcast actually as a video as well as the audio. Um, so how are you all doing? Normally, I would just sit down and have my phone and just record um, the audio. But this time I'm looking at you as I'm recording the video. So for everyone that's going to watch the video and also um, or listen to the audio, that's all fine. How are you all doing? Awesome, awesome. So today I want to just reflect a little bit about on actually limiting beliefs in our teenagers. And what I want to talk about in this topic is how we can actually help, you know, our teenagers reduce their limiting beliefs or not believe in their limiting beliefs or or avoid um, putting in more things in their limiting beliefs or even avoid tapping from their limiting beliefs to actually in their choices. So one of the things that I do know about limiting beliefs is a lot of times limiting beliefs stems from a lot of criticisms or past judgments that has actually been kind of stored in this limiting belief banks that we have. Um, and the whole idea is the more criticisms people get, if for us, even as for us as, as parents, but if we grew up with a lot of criticisms, then we were more likely to have more um, limiting, limiting beliefs stored up in our limiting belief bank. And so that's the same thing or the same way it actually goes for our children as well. Um, the more we criticize them, the more that's all those criticisms, they don't go any, they're stored in their limiting um, belief bank. And unknowingly or knowingly, our children tap out of those limiting beliefs in terms of their choices and the actions that they take. A lot of times I hear parents say, oh, you know, why can't my child be confident enough to say no to those, those negative peer pressure? You know, when people in school come and say, let's do this, why, why doesn't my child have that confidence? I'm like, confidence doesn't just come out of thin air. Confidence is built, confidence is nurtured. So when we have a teenager who has stored a lot of criticisms inside, in their, on the, their limiting belief bank, it's very difficult for that teenager to then have confidence, that, you know, to have that positive confidence to say, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to join you guys in that. I'd rather go home. You know, it's going to be difficult to have that. So here's, here's the deal. Our teenagers, our children in general, they have that limiting belief bank that is in them. And they also have a positive emotion bank that is there. Well, now, the more things go into the positive emotion, the more confident our children become. The more things go into the limiting belief bank, guess what? The, the less confident our children will be. So it's, a, it's, 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 it's got to, I don't even want to call it a balance. The positive emotions has got to be more for our teenagers and our children to then be confident. So where, how, where, do, where do we as parents come in? Where do we come in? So the key is to be very intentional about making sure that we are speaking more to their positive emotion bank than those limiting belief banks. We want the limiting belief bank to be overdrawn. <laughs> you know, like how it is in a bank account. We want that to be overdrawn so that there's nothing for them to tap from. We want the positive emotion bank to be and overflowing so that when they do have challenges, when they do come across problems, they can tap from their positive emotion bank. The 
dilemma that many teenagers have today, many children have today, is that their limiting belief bank is too full. And when the limiting belief bank is so full, then hope is so far away. That's why you see many children going through depression and anxiety because they haven't got anything from the positive emotional bank to tap from. All they see are the negatives, the bad things they've done, the wrong things they've done, the accusations, the mistakes they made, the, the, the criticisms that they heard, either from parents, from teachers, from their peers, from their friends. That's all that this field is, is, is all filled into that limiting belief bank. And that limiting belief bank hasn't got any hopes. It hasn't got any positive outcomes. So there's nothing for our teenagers to pick up. And so that's why as parents, we need to be in the forefront of always speaking positively to them, even when they do wrong things. You can correct them, but still then say, I love you. You can correct them and say, you know what? I'm still proud of you no matter what, but you still correct them. The only problem, the main, one of the biggest problems we have as parents is that a lot of times in our corrections, our corrections are laced with criticisms. And that is one of the biggest dilemmas that we have. And that's why one of the things that I encourage parents is that if you're gonna correct your child, if you're going to speak to your child about something that they've done, check with yourself first. Where are you emotionally? Where are you? How do you feel? Ask yourself that question before you go ahead to actually correct your child. Because what tends to happen, because we don't remember to do that self-check with ourselves, we go in to the conversation. We go in. It's almost like we're, going, we're attacking them as we're correcting them. And what our children see is the attack. They don't see the correction. And then we get frustrated because we're having to repeat it over and over and over again. But guess what? We're not saying it in the way that it can land in their ears. We're not saying it in that way. And so we want to make sure that as we correct them, as we direct them, as we guide them, that we are guiding them with a voice that speaks more to their positive emotional bank than their limiting beliefs. And that is really the key. And when we can get that right, then we're, we're pouring in more into the positive emotional bank. And that's where they can take out from when they face challenges because our children will face challenges. We can't protect them from challenges. They will face challenges in school. There will be pressure from, you know, for, for, for their work or their exams, from their friends. They will, they will go through pressure. In their games, they may not win a match. They may, you know, they will go through different challenges. What do they have to tap from when they go through these challenges? How can they be more resilient when they go through these challenges? It's going to take a lot of the words that we speak to them, the way we treat them, the way that we listen to them. It's going to take a lot of that to be able to hold, to be able to be strong in those challenging times. So what's my um, summary for today's um, topic on, on, on limiting beliefs is that as parents, we can do these things. First of all, check in with ourselves before we correct our children. Because a lot of times it's in the corrections that these criticisms do kind of slip in and actually 
not do what it's supposed to do. <laughs> okay, so that's really the key. So first of all, check in with yourself. Check in with yourself. How do I feel emotionally? How do I feel? And if I'm very charged and very upset, then I'm going to take some time out before I go and talk to them. I don't have to talk to them that same day. No, I don't have to correct them that same day. I can wait a day or two. It doesn't matter. As long as far as as long as I am in the right frame of mind, then I can go ahead and talk to them. And that's really the key check for all of us. And then when we do have that conversation, one thing that I encourage parents is that find out from your teenagers when they're ready to talk. I'd love to have a conversation with you about so, so, so. What kind of time is good for you for us to have a very quick chat? Make sure you add the, the word quick to it. <laughs> so when you say that, then at least you're preparing your teenager for that conversation. You don't just want to come in and just start talking. That's not respecting your teenager's time, irrespective of if you don't know what your teenager is doing at that time. But it's important that we respect their time and actually ask, so ask for permission, just at least courtesy demands that we tell them what our intentions are and what kind of time they are available. Ask them, are you available at 7.30 or what time are you available? And then they can come back to you to say what time they're available. But those are the ways that you do things in, in, with respect, okay? With respect, because you're modeling that respect to them uh, as well, okay? And so once you've reflected, you've asked them for the time you want to talk to them, and then you go ahead and then at that time that you've agreed, go and have that conversation. Something that you did, you know, that day, I thought about it, I've been thinking about it, and I just thought I'll come in and just share my thoughts about it. And then you, you correct them. And then you say what, you, what would have been preferred to be done, because you don't want to just tell them what you did was wrong, what you did was this, what you did was wrong. No, you've got to actually explain to them what's the better way or their thoughts about it. I would even encourage, ask them, what would they, what would they, what would they do better? What would they do differently next time? Okay, so it's all about the what questions. What, how would you approach it next time? What would you do differently? Or what, what are your thoughts behind? What were your thoughts behind it whilst you were doing it? Those are the kind of questions to ask, the what and how questions. Avoid the why questions, please, yeah? Avoid the why questions, because the why questions come out as judgmental. Um, so you want to avoid the why questions when you are approaching your teenagers um, in these conversations that's, that you need to have. So that's what I thought I would share um, in this episode on limiting beliefs, how we can help our children um, reduce their limiting beliefs or not, even, or not even have limiting beliefs, you know, and have more of positive emotions that they can then use um, in being resilient, in being, you know, in facing challenges and rising up after a fall and, and all that kind of stuff, because that's what we want our children to really have. So Reduce the limiting beliefs by reducing the criticisms, the comparisons, the condemn, you know, con reduce condemning them, reduce being judgmental. When I say reduce, actually avoid it. <laughs> I would say avoid it more than just reduce it, but avoid it and be very intentional um, um, when you speak to your teenagers. And, 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 and I'm, I'm going to share this before I leave. I'm going to say sometimes when I tell um, parents about um, being mindful or even rehearsing what needs to be said, so they're thinking, well, why should I do that? Oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm, I'm the parent, I'm the authority, I'm the, this. And, I, and I know you are, but it's better for you to have a refined conversation 
that they will hear, they will listen to, they will, they're able to reflect on that have a conversation that is overwhelmed with your emotions. And I think that's the key. And this is the reason, the reason I say rehearse it or kind of practice it or think about it is not for fear of your teenagers. Now I'm not, I, I'm not on that table. It's not for fear of your teenagers. It's more for the transformation that you want. Because your conversation with your teenager, you want them to reflect on it. You want them to receive it. You want them to hear what it is that you're sharing with them. So I would rather prepare for that so that I can get my the end result that I want. And that's the key for all of us. There's an end result we want. So we've got to think through that end result we want and adjust our approach if we want to get to the end result. But if we don't think of the end result and just just get in there and just talk anyhow without the filters on, then it's a lost battle, really. It really is a lost battle. And that's the cycle that many parents find themselves going over and over again. And the more they're going through this cycle, the more frustrated they are, the more strained the parent-teen relationship is. And so it's, it's time for us to kind of sit back and say, okay, how do I need to approach this? The way I've been doing this over and over again is not working. And what do they say about insanity? Insanity is doing something, expecting a different result, but doing it over and over and expecting a different result. No, it's not going to happen. We have to change. We need to change um, the way we do things so that we can then um, connect with our teenagers in more positive ways. And so that they, for teenagers as well, can have more in their positive emotional bank and so that they can tap, they can tap from that when it's time to you know, when they, when they face challenges and stuff. So that's what I thought I would share today. I trust that this helps and I trust that you have gotten a lot from what I've shared. Um, till we speak again next week, I'll talk to you soon. You take care and God bless you and have a fantastic week. Yes.